That was an overload, wasn't it? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Everybody good? I can go home right now. It's been good, man. Real, really good. Thank you, Lord. Ooh. Well, Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning for being in this room, being in our hearts and being in our minds. And Lord, we see you going out into the world. We see you going to Jerusalem. Lord, we see you going into our neighborhoods. We see you going into the poor, into the destitute, and hurting, and lost. And I pray, Lord, that we would see ourselves with you doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, so I'm going to give you this. Oh, yeah, I want to tell you all, i got a couple of good things here. This really is the year of the Lord, the favor of the Lord. Everybody say amen to that if you believe so one thing is, is I, my family is growing by one person because Grace Wicker Fulton is going to have a baby. So we're happy about that. And also, Kara, C-A-R-A, Wicker, I didn't say her last, her real her given name, but she got a job. And she, she got a job as a nurse because she just graduated from nursing school, but she's really got a nursing anointing on her because her name means care. And she is one person on this earth that God designed to care for people because she really has that in her. So if you ever need a nurse, she might be a good one because she cares for people. She really does. So I'm excited about my family, what God's doing. I appreciate all the prayers that we've gotten from you guys. So, uh, you know, if you have needs in your life, and your family, share your needs with people in the church, and God will help you see those needs come, come forth. We've seen it over and over through the prayer chain and just individual prayers and stuff. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, John 14, 7 through 19. Y'all are going to get the easy, nice version. I really usually take it easy on the first service. I really, not, really am nice to them and don't just be acting crazy, but I just went wild on them this morning. I mean, I just went crazy. It was pitiful. I felt sorry for him. <laughs> but I'm going to read out of John 14. A lot of this is not, none of this what I'm going to say is anything you haven't heard in this church before. Maybe some of it you haven't, but, I, but, but this is really going to be key for us. Because uh, every, you know, John 14 is something that we all need in us. It's, 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 I would say it's one of my, as far as a chapter in the Bible, this is my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. And I believe that we, any of us, should be able to go anywhere in the world and at a moment's, moment's notice should be able to open that book up and preach right through it, uh, John 14. I mean, because there's so much revelation that God has given us out of this. It's just incredible. It's just like, you know, easy to, uh, if, you, if, you don't, if, you got, if you're called on to share something, you don't have anything, just turn to John 14. You can, you can do that. I know you can. Because uh, it's the revelation of the Father, the Father's heart, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's the revelation of the Holy Spirit that's in here uh, that, that I love. So, I, But I'm going to just move down and jump in on verse 7 just for time's sake. And this is what Jesus said, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. You've know, now here Jesus is saying that we've seen the Father. And... Uh, what I want to say to you this morning is, you know, that's the thing that God, that one of the main purposes of Christ coming to the earth is to reveal to us what God the Father 
is and what he looks like and what he acts like and what he does and what he's always wanting to do. And, you know, right from the beginning of time, the devil, you know, defaced. I want to really say he defaced God the Father. To, when he came to Eve in the garden, he defaced him and made him to be something that he wasn't. And people, since that time, human beings have believed that lie. It's ingrained in our hearts. We're born believing a lie when we come into this world about the Father because of the Spirit that's, that's in this world. And so Jesus came here to uh, not only buy us back, which what he did with his blood, he bought us back from Satan. He bought us. He, that's what he did. He bought us. Uh, Oh, let me just tell you this. This is really good. Back in the Roman Empire days, a slave, okay, a person who was a slave, had no, they had literally no choices. If a person bought, uh, like, say they bought two women, one of the women he could make a housekeeper and the other one he could make a prostitute. They had no choice. You know, they had no choice in what they did with their life. It was decided to by their owner. And that's the way, uh, whether we know it or not, much of the world is under that kind of uh, influence. But Christ, through the blood, bought it. He says we've been redeemed. That means he literally bought it. It's like he went and says, I'm buying that person. I, they don't know they're longer blown. And he's given us back the free choice that we can all have. So I think that's a beautiful picture of, of redemption, is the Lord buying us. Um, Philip, verse 8, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. It is, show us the Father. That's the, really the, the basic revelation that we all need to get in, in our life, is when we begin to receive a true revelation of the Father, that is when our life begins to come into focus. That is when our life begins all the questions, all the issues of life that you and I will ever face, who we are, our true identity, what our true purpose on this earth is, our true calling, all those things that are important to everybody in this room, important to every human being, we will never come into that until we begin to know the Father. That's what Peter was saying. If I, if I can, if Philip was saying, if I will just know the Father, then that's enough. That's the, that's the answer all. Until I get to know that Father, I will never truly know myself. I will never truly know what God the Father has put me on this earth for. I will never know who I really am. I will never know that apart from really knowing Him because when we see, because when we can only know ourselves, we can only know our lives by knowing Him and only He can reveal Himself to us. And that's really what He wants us. That's why Philip was crying out for that. The whole world, whether you are conscious of that or not this morning, every person is crying out to God in the hearts. To know Him, know what He's really like, know Him truly. And when that becomes reality in our life, I'm not talking about Bible verses or what everybody else knows. It's what you know. It's the Father. The Father heart of God is such the key revelation. And, and since Christ came, God has opened heaven, literally. He's torn heaven open and has released a revelation of the Father into the earth. And in these days that we're in, or which are last days, that revelation has become the critical revelation because everything builds on that revelation. Amen? So all your questions, if you got questions this morning, that's the key. And it's also the key to everything else that happens in this chapter. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? You know, how can you say that? And, but you see, that we still have that issue. We still have that issue. We have that issue. Us 
born again, believing people have the issue. Where's the Father? Your heart's crying that whether you know it or not. Your heart is, is, is hungering for that whether you know it or not. You'll know it. You'll know it when you get that revel- begin to get a revelation of Him. Then you'll realize, oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. So if, if what I'm saying to you makes no, is you're not connecting with it, I'll tell you the reason. It's because you lack a revelation of the Father. Because when you get a tiny revelation of Him, suddenly it brings something alive in you. It brings your life into focus. It brings your life into what you were here for and who you were meant to be. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. The Father who dwells in me does the work. Jesus never, as the old saying that Arthur Burt had, everything Jesus did, he never did it. Isn't that a good statement? Everything Jesus did, he never did it. He never did anything. He never did one miracle. He never raised one person from the dead. never opened one person's blind eyes. It was the Father in him. That's, there it is right there. It's the Father who dwells in me who does the work. Jesus was telling us the great secrets of the kingdom of heaven right here. He was telling us the great secrets to doing what he does. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So... So he set us up right here. Jesus has set us up for the next verse. He set us up to hear something. He told us, listen, me and the Father are one. There's a unity between us. There's a connection between us in this real and this life. And that's how I'm doing what I'm doing. Now I have something to say to you. Let me just tell you this morning what he said to those people that day. Matthew brought up this morning in the first service. Jesus said that on Thursday night. And the next day, he went to the cross. It's one of the last things he taught the disciples about. I've set you up with something. And it's one of those verses, like, everybody has these verses. You know, do you have a verse in the Bible when you read it, you almost, like, want to sidestep it? Like, okay, I believe that's right, but I don't believe it's so right for me. I don't really get this verse, Lord. Y'all got some of those? There's a few of them, but this is one here. Let me. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I will do, he will do also. And, see, that's a, that right there is a mouthful, right? But just, just doing what he did, like, oh my gosh, he calmed the sea, he walked on the water. He fed 5,000 people at one time with a little bit of food. He did countless miracles, and he's saying, I'm going to do that, right? How many people in here believe that this morning? But then he doesn't stop there. He, he even raises the stakes to the ultimate. This is the ultimate. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. How many people in here believe that? That you will actually do what he did, but even greater things. Well, I'm glad we believe that. I'm not sure how much we believe it, though. You see, that's what I'm saying. We sidestep, but he set us up because he said, it wasn't me who did it. It was this person called the Father. It was this person called the Father who was in me, and it was my union and my divine connection with Him. My life in Him is the reason I was able to do all this. And, and I'm telling you, this is what He was saying, I'm telling you, you are supposed to do the same thing because I'm going to the Father. I'm going to the Father, so I'm believing this. I'm believing this here with you. How many people believe that this morning? So, um, here's the thing. Now, it says in verse 13, and whatever you ask, we love that one, 
Anybody been asking lately? Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. How many people have had that come to truth? How many people haven't had it come to truth? <laughs> you know? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's a powerful promise in the Bible, isn't it? Now, how many people in this room can honestly say that anything you've asked the Lord, He did it? But He says it right here. What? This is the Bible. This is the Word of God. It's got to be true. If you ask anything in my name, anything, I mean, He opened the door wide open. And I'm going to tell you something. This is no trick. This is no translation trick. They messed up. It really doesn't mean that. You know, anything means anything. In the English, in the Greek, in the whatevers. And it means anything. So, God's really wanting to get our attention and, and let us know there's something, there's a disconnect here. We're not doing the works of Christ, barely. I mean, we're scratching at them. We're going after them. We're contending for them. And we're, we're thinking about contending for the greater works now, right? We should, this morning, I'm thinking, wow, I need to be thinking about something even more, huh? And I'm thinking, oh, what about my prayers getting answered? You know, why come a lot of my prayers are not answered? You know? Maybe something's not right. Uh, but here's what I'm feeling. Uh, I'm feeling the, the Lord's been showing me this thing that does this, does he, uh, this in the spirit, this is from the spirit realm. There's an urgency in the spirit realm right now. Okay? There's an urgency. And, and here's what the urgency is. There, we're in a time where God is calling forth the body of Christ to come forth. He's calling forth to, for the body of Christ to array themselves. Okay? He's, there's a, it's, this is a, an array is a military term. It means to get in battle array. Okay? We're, that's where the time we're in. There's a, you know, in the, in the military, you can be in the reserves. A person in the reserves has been trained and equipped by the military. And once they go through all their training and equipment where they know everything they need to do, they go home. But one day there's a phone call that comes and the phone call says, it's time. And we're, you're being called up. Okay? And it's time to come and array yourself and prepare for battle. And say, that phone call from heaven has come. I'm telling you, I have heard the phone call. I have heard the Lord to say, it's time to be arrayed. It's time to get into formation because it's time for the church to go into the war. It's time for the church to go to battle. And what I've been seeing, I've been seeing these things lately. I've seen a lot of people, okay? A lot of people. I've been seeing it and I'm just thinking, oh, we've got to get, we don't have enough people uh, that are equipped. We don't have enough people that are trained. We don't have enough. You know, we've got too many people who are not equipped. We've got too many people who are, who are sucked down into the world still. And, and God is calling us, you know, Paul said to Timothy, a soldier, now I want you all to get this. this is, I'm not being a fussy guy this morning. I'm just saying, Paul told a soldier cannot be entangled in the affairs of this world. And that word entangled literally means there's like these vines, like, you know, these vines that grow around trees. I don't know what they call them, but they're bad. They'll choke a tree out, right, if you let it have its way forever. Kudzu. They'll vine, these vines literally, that's what the picture in the, in the Greek and that is. These vines, they're tangled up their feet and they're caught in them. And Paul said, Timothy, you cannot allow that. You cannot be entangled. And the body of Christ has been entangled so much. We've been entangled in the world, in the world system so much. 
And we and, and the call is coming forth now. And we're all entangled. We're our minds are full of other things. I'm not just talking about sinful things. I'm talking about other things. Okay? And and and, and God has no place in our minds because our minds are full of all these other things. Our lives are full of all these other things. And God can't we can't hear God. We can't hear this calling. We can't hear him saying it's like oh, the phone's busy. God cannot get through to your phone. And speak to you because the phone's busy or you're out somewhere and you're nowhere to hear what he's, the, the call to, to, to battle. So one of the things that happened to me was this. I wanted to tell you this little story that happened to me last Sunday. Is I had Rhonda, Rhonda Bumgardner, and you can blame Rhonda for this message. <laughs> Rhonda and Jackie wanted to pray for me after, after church. So they were praying for me and uh, having some good words and encouraging things. And Rhonda's I had this little prayer. The Lord's going to show you words that were given to you ten years ago. It's time for them to come to pass. Remember that, Rhonda? You don't remember it? You said that, Rhonda. If you didn't, I heard you say it. So, so I'm thinking when she's praying, I'm thinking, Lord, how am I going to remember words ten years ago? I can't remember words last week. You know, I mean, there's just no way I'm going to remember this. So, you know, you know how the little discussions you have with God in your mind, somebody. Gives you a word like that. You give them all the reasons you can't, that can't be. And who would know what a word 10 years ago? I don't even know what I was doing 10 years ago. And so, you know, in the, you know, a couple of days later, I was with the Lord, being quiet with the Lord, just trying to be still and clear my mind and my heart, which I'm trying to tell you how to hear the Lord. And here it gives you that little call. Just get still before Him. You know, wait upon the Lord. You know, soak in His presence. And I asked him the question, well, Lord, what, what did you tell me 10 years ago that it's now it's time for? Of course, it was, it was silence, okay? It was silence. And see, I'm going to be honest with you. Lots of times we ask God questions, and then we go on about our business, okay? Now, really, if Matthew asked me a question, hey, Byron, and just ask me a, a simple question or any kind of question, but he didn't listen to me. He just went on and had a conversation with somebody else. Or he just walked out the door. Or he went to the bathroom. Or he got on his cell phone, which he does. Okay? He, did all, he just did all that. And here I was trying to answer him. He would not hear me. And I'm telling you, that's what goes on with a lot of us. Okay? It was Chuck calling him. Oh, did he? Oh, it's Chuck's fault. Okay? Anyways, he just said Chuck called him. Uh, so, you, you understand what I'm saying? When we ask the Lord a question, we've got to give Him a chance to, to hear us. We, gotta, we need to give Him a chance. Okay, I've asked you a question, Lord. Am I going to be still to hear you or am I going to be rude? Okay, it's rude if Matthew asks me a question and he just starts blabbering to somebody else. You know, because he can't hear me. Of course, God doesn't get offended as He just figures we don't want to hear it. I just gave you a lesson in hearing God. I'm telling you, if you'll start, if you'll get still, you'll hear him. If you ask him some questions and wait on him, you'll hear him. He, he really will talk to you. He'll really tell you. He'll speak to you, your, your stuff you need to hear him. But you've got to really let him do it. You've got to give him opportunity to do it. Anyways, um, are y'all good? Um, ten years ago, thank you. He was listening. Ten years ago. I was sitting there soaking wet, and then all of a sudden this, this memory came into my mind of something that happened to me just how long ago. Ten years ago, 
this is, what, this is what it was. I had a vision in church on Sunday morning in this church 10 years ago. And let me tell you what the vision is. Okay, because this is what the Lord was reminding me. 10 years ago, I had a vision. And this is what I saw. I saw a man, and he was on a horse. And the man was fully armed in armor. So much so that you couldn't even see his face. His face was covered in armor. His whole body, he was, he was armed in armor. And he was, you could tell, he was obviously a, a warrior trained. And it was obviously time he was in a battle array situation. And behind that man, there was a line of soldiers, of people, that were on horses in array, waiting. They were all there, and, they, and then there was a, a sense in the air of battle. Okay? And then there was another man, okay, and had two or three people with him on horses a few yards away. And this man was looking down into the valley below him. And he called that man... And I'm going to tell you, that was a beautiful man. He was beautiful. He was armed beautifully. His armor was beautiful. And you could tell he was a fierce battle warrior. He was a fierce person. In other words, he was the kind of person you would not want to get on the outs with. Because he was trained, he was equipped, he was armed, and he was ready to go to war. And this person called him over. And that person was the Lord Jesus himself. And the Lord was sitting there with him and three, two or three of his partners looking down into the valley. And down in the valley there was chaos. And the Lord spoke to this man and said, Take my colors into the enemy's camp. Take my colors into the enemy's camp. And as he said that, I was watching this, this vision unfold. And suddenly I shift from watching it to I was that person inside that armor. And these thoughts were going through my mind. Is this. I can't do this. Are you kidding? You want me to do that? I was, I was ate up with fear. I was consumed with fear. Okay? Because he was saying to me, down there is where you're going. You need to take my colors. Now the colors were, are you following this so far? The colors were, were interesting. The colors on the horse, you know, horses have leather stuff on them. Saddles and, well, these straps on the horse. I'm not sure what they're around their neck and stuff. Whatever they call those things. Who? Yeah, some kind of collar. Breast collar. The breast collar was was a very, what I call kind of girlish blue. Actually, pastel blue. Actually, the color of my shirt that I wore today. It just don't look girly, but it looked girly on that horse. Okay, and I realized, you know, it was like, what is this color stuff, Lord? So I've been into colors for a few years now. I can sort of understand colors. You, let me just explain pastel. Every color there is can be pastel. Because pastel is just a washed out version of the regular green. Or, you know, you have pastel green, blue, pastel blue, which is like the sky. Okay, and, and, and guess what pastel is? Pastel is what? It's Easter colors. That's been a tradition in the church for hundreds of years that pastel represents Easter. The Lord was saying, Take my resurrection power down there into the valley. Down there in the valley of mankind. Take it down there. Okay? And that line of people, that line of soldiers I saw, see, I forgot about all that until, and I, until she said it, but I, this line of people I saw. Okay? The line of people being us, that God is, is calling us up right now. I'm just telling you, there's this urgency for us to get into battle array. 
that is, and the Lord is calling the body of Christ, every one of you, every one of you. There is not one person in this room that He is not calling you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what He's telling me. I'm telling you, I saw that ten years ago. I didn't understand it, but now I understand it. And now I understand this, that line of people, this line of leaders, line of people who are equipped, line of people who are armed, line of people who got what they need to go down there in battle. Okay? And God is calling for the church to get those people up, get them up, and get them in array, get them ready. Because there's, there's a calling forth that He's sending the church out into the valleys of mankind. Are y'all following that? Alright, so, so this is the thing that He said to me. Uh, after I got that John 14, the 12 through 14 part, the greater works, he said to me, Byron, can you reach out today for John 14, 12 through 14 to become a reality in your life? Can you reach out for that? Can you reach for that revelation? Can you reach for that to become a reality in your life? Can you reach to do something beyond what you've been doing? Okay, that's what he's saying. Can you reach for something that's much bigger than you and much greater than you ever dreamed? Now, that's the question we have to ask. Now, I want to tell you about this revelation thing. Everybody thinks the way revelation, I'll tell you how it comes to me, and I think this is the way it comes to, to most people most of the time. And that's why most people are missing revelation from the Lord. So most people, they want this big door just blown open for them. Okay? Well, revelation is only a crack in the door. Now, I'm, I just want to share this illustration because every real revelation I got from God started out with a teeny little crack where I saw a little slither of light. And I had to make a choice and decision right then with that. Am I going to go after that? Because that door's been open to me, but I've got to push that door on open. Or am I going to sit back and be passive and think that it's going to come to me? It's not going to come to you. I'm just going to tell you that right now because you have to go through the door, but did y'all get that? This is really important. This will help you with revelation. Because i got some good revelation in my life, but every bit of it, if, if you could see this. See, this is what you want. This is what everybody in this room wants. This is what I want, but this is what God does not do. There's no door that's going to set up like that for you. Where all this light's flooding in, all this revelation, all this atmosphere of heaven, it is not going to happen. That is not the way God wants to work in your life. What He wants to do is open a little crack and say, look at that little crack. Look at that little crack. What are you going to do? Are you going to say, oh, that's, man, I just can't wait till he opens the rest of it. Now you've got to go push on the door. Because there are, there are 7,000 demons on the other side of the door trying to hold the door shut. And God ain't going to move those demons out of the way. You're going to have to move them. You're going to have to go in here and start pushing on this door. And it's going to push open because they, they know you. But once you get in there, those demons are going to be still there. They're going to still be cursing you and spitting in your face, telling you how you can't do this and, yeah, lying to you. But sooner or later, they'll leave you. They'll quit. And when they do, you're, because you're going, you're going, you can have a lot of reasons against what I'm saying today in a practical way in your life. You're too busy, kids, life, job. All those are good things. Have the cares of this life. But see, Paul said, listen, there's a time for war. There's a time to be arrayed. It doesn't mean you don't take care of your kids and your wife and you know, your job and all that. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying this. And those things are consuming our lives, our thinking, our hearts, our time. All our investments into that. That ain't going to work out. It really isn't. So listen to this. 
Now, are y'all good? Are y'all hanging in there with me? Verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. In a minute, we'll talk about the commandments, okay? But this is the key, if you love me. So he talks about this works, and then he goes right back, if you love me. And the only way you can love God is for God to love you. And God does love you, but for you to know that. And you have to know it by revelation, okay? You, you can't know it by information. You really do have to know the love of God by revelation. He has to reveal that to you. Yet, that's what we talked about. That's the beginning of this whole thing. Is getting revelation from God about His love, about His Father's heart, because that's what His Father's heart is really, when it all boils down to, it's all about that. It's about you being loved. That's why Paul said we've got to be rooted and grounded in love. Everything in your life has to come out of love. Everything. If it doesn't, if you're not, if that's not your grounding, see, I like to be in, I like the spiritual world. I mean, I want to be that. That's what I want to be. I want to be there. I don't want to be, I don't want to live in this light world. I want to live in that world. So that's my goal was to live in that world. But I realized one thing, I have to stay grounded in love. If I stay grounded in love, I can have that world. Because that world is love. That's the atmosphere of that world. It's all love. So, so if you don't have this revelation, all that stuff doesn't work. And I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper that He may, may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Now listen, this is interesting. The world can't receive the Spirit of truth. So if you're having a real difficult time with the Holy Spirit, you've got too much world in you. I'm serious. That's what it says right there. If you're, if you're consumed with the world, if your life is full of the world, and the Holy Spirit, you, you, you have these difficulties with the Holy Spirit, there's too much of that. Too much of that in, in here and in there is hindering him from flowing in there. But it also says it, it neither sees him nor knows him. You can see the Holy Spirit. Everybody says you can't see the Holy Spirit, but that's not what that says, right? Only the people in the world see the Christians should be able to see the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says they saw you know, the Holy Spirit came on Jesus like a dove. They saw something. They saw something at Pentecost. They saw the Spirit. So the Spirit is available to be seen. I'm telling you, that's what it says right there. So you can believe all them other lies, too, that's in the Bible. I mean, that's not in the Bible, that people believe in the Bible. People believe a lot of stuff's in the Bible that's not in there, and it keeps them from really coming in all that God has for them, like that thing, you really can't see the Spirit. Well, you can see the Spirit. He wants you to see the Spirit. He wants you to be able to look at a person and say, I see the Spirit of God all over you, and He's doing this to you. So you can pray and work with the Spirit of God. You should be able to do that. And that's what I'm talking about. God's calling people forth. He's calling a lot of people to come up. Okay? And there's not enough people. All right. Uh, are you all right? All right. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. With you and in you. I will not leave you as orphans. All right, we'll come back to orphans in just a second. But I want to read this little statement. The Holy Spirit does His work by making Christ present with us. He's going to be with you. The Holy Spirit does His work by making Christ present. I love this. And Christ can do His work on earth only by being present in His Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus is present, is in His Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. But so He's in us and He's with us. That's really important to understand that. He's in us. Okay? He's in us. He speaks into our heart. He, he you know, He's... he's you can go anywhere in the world if you have the, the boldness and if you have the revelation, you can go anywhere in the world and connect with what God's doing in that place because you're carrying God in you, carrying, and you, or you can go into any church service or any kind of meeting and it can be dead as a hammer 
You have the power to change what's going on in there. You do. All you've got to do is go inside of you, the Spirit of God in you, and tap on that thing. And if you'll tap on it and pull on it enough, it'll come up. And guess what? It can come out of you if you're willing to step out. Step out there and start beginning to change atmosphere. That's why people in the world get weird on you sometimes when you're around them. When you're full of the Lord and the Lord's flowing through your life because they're feeling something. They don't understand what they're feeling. Y'all have had that to happen, I'm sure. And people get weird on you because, like, man, that was strange. That person was strange. That conversation I had was strange because God touched them. They felt something they had never felt before. You were releasing the atmosphere. But he's also with us. He's the one who opens the doors. That's the with part. Where he, in life, where, he, where he'll open a door for you or, or you try to go through a door and he just starts bolting, the, bolting it down. He sees you coming and he starts throwing the locks down. <laughs> you think you're going through that door. He's putting 90 locks. He's got so many dead bolts he's putting on it, chaining it shut. You know, or a door just like that, the enemy's chained shut and he goes and knocks them all off for you and opens it. It happened to Paul in, in Acts 16. That's the Holy Spirit being with us. But there's another thing, okay? There's another thing. Are y'all getting this? I'm telling you, I want you to get this because this is what the Lord showed me a few weeks ago. This is what He's talking about this battle array thing. There's the Holy Spirit in us, there's the Holy Spirit with us, and there's the Holy Spirit on us. And the Lord wants to come on people. Okay, I want to look at that Luke, Luke 4 18. Luke, Luke 4 18. With us, in us, but first, let me just say something about that verse 18 in John, the orphan thing. Here's the thing. The person in that armor 10 years ago was ate up with an orphan spirit. Okay? In that vision I share with you, I was ate up with an orphan spirit. That's why when the Lord was telling me to do all that, I was saying, I can't do it. Why he asked me to do it? I was scared to death because I was consumed by an orphan spirit. That orphan spirit was, was, was having a lot more influence in my life than it should have been. Okay, and that's all the attributes of an orphan, an orphan heart. Okay, and every person in this world, I want to say, we've said this every, every person in this world is influenced by the orphan spirit. Okay, because the devil was an orphan. He got thrown out of heaven. He was homeless. He was thrown out. He was an orphan. And he made sure every person who's born into this world feels that spirit, feels that thing of being disconnected, feels that thing of not having the Father. Okay? And so Jesus came and said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to break that orphan spirit off of you. You're not going to be an orphan. You're going to find out you are my son. You are my daughter. And when you get that, you get this confidence in you. And you can begin to get this thing in you that said, that doesn't say, I can't. Okay? And then it's all scared on the inside. You see, the armor, the beautiful man on the outside, the beautiful armor, that was the Lord. It was the Lord coming on a person. Okay? But on the inside, that person on the inside of the Lord owned me, I was scared. I was stupid. You know, because I was, I was, I had all that, that disability in me of who I was and insecurities and all those lies from hell that people suffer with. And so when he broke that thing off of me, you know, then you can, the Lord can come on you and, and, and gird you up and he can put a beauty on you. Like the beauty of that, that was beautiful armor. It was beautiful armor. It was glorious armor. It was shining. It was shining in the sun. But that, it, that beauty was the Lord. It was the Lord's glory resting. That was the armor. It was Him on you. And this is what it says. And this is what He told me a few weeks ago. This is what He wants to do right now. Luke 4.18. In fact, He told me, I'm already doing it. Luke 4.18, 
It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, now that's what I was seeing in that vision 10 years ago. I was seeing the Spirit of the Lord coming on me. Okay? All that line of people that was set up, they were bigger than I was. And they were you. They were bigger. They were more, had bigger weapons. The Spirit of the Lord was on them. He was on them. Now that's, that's going to be important for you. Okay? Because here's how the Spirit of the Lord comes on a person. I've told you this over and over. I've told you over and over. You know, like is, attracts like in the spiritual realm. When, when He's Lord in here, now I want you to get this. If He's Lord in here, then Lord out here is coming on you. You hear that? Because like, if He is not Lord in here, in here, then don't expect Lord out here to be jumping all over you. Because So what happened? Do y'all get that? This is great. The Spirit of the Lord. That's what, that's what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. Now, is He the Lord of your life? I'm telling you, is He Lord in here? Because if He Lord in here, He ain't coming on you because He's going to be looking for people in the earth where He says, I see the Lord in Him. And the Lord is going to come on you. I'm telling you, that's what it happened. When the Father looked down out of heaven and saw Jesus, He said, I see the Lord. I see the Lord. Do y'all get that? I see the Lord. And the Lord came on Him. And we want the Lord to come on us and anoint us. I'm telling you, the key is, I'm telling you, the key is, if He sees it in here, He's going to be coming down on you. And God is calling the army up now. That's what He's saying. I'm calling the army up. But I'm not going to send you out there into the valley without the Lord being on you. Because you don't want to go out there without the Lord being on you. You want the Lord all over you. You know? You want the... Here it is. I mean, here's the picture. I'm serious. This is what God is saying to people. The Lord. The Lord wants to get on you. The Lord wants to get on me. But He's saying, i got to see the Lord in here. And when I start seeing Him in here, I'm coming out here. I'm telling you. It's the truth. That's what He showed me. He showed it to me in a nice way. (laughs) <laughs> listen what listen to this because he is anointing me anybody want to be anointed he's anointing me to preach the gospel to the poor that's who's out there is the poor poor, poor broken people poor broken people that's what's out there poor broken people he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Did you know that there's a move of God going on right now? There, there's a mighty move of God going on right now in the earth. And, and you know what it is? He's healing broken hearts. He's, I met, I, I, literally, I, I had lunch with a guy a couple of weeks ago. And this is what I almost said to him. What happened to you? You used to be a jerk. I almost said that to him. 
I'm talking about this guy's been a Christian 35 years, but he was a jerk. He was full of anger, he was full of bitterness, he was full of hatred. And he said, I didn't say jerk, I wanted to. It almost, I had to pull my tongue back because I almost say that jerk word. And he said to me, he said, this is what happened to me. The Lord showed me something that happened when I was a little boy. And it made me angry. It made me mean. I never And God healed me. He took that away from me. He said, I need a knife in my life now. And so I used to be mean to her. And he was lauding how beautiful a woman, you know, how great she was that she stuck with him all those years. I mean, and he wanted to meet with me, not to tell me about that. He wanted to meet with me to ask me what to do about the problem that he was having. And I know this guy. Well, I know how he had to handle that problem beforehand. He had what I call the chainsaw man. He would just crank his chainsaw up and went right at you with it and cut you into a hundred pieces. And he was asking me, Brian, what should I do about it? And then I went to him and told him what I would do. And he said, well, if they won't listen to me, will you come and talk to them with me and help me with these things? It's because the Spirit of the Lord is in his heart. And see, that's a move of God going on. And you know why? Because God's calling people. He said, I'm calling you up. I'm calling you into battle already, but I can't have you back there all messed up and beat up and bitter. So this river of, of healing, this river of brokenheartedness, Healing, all that stuff's being done by God right now. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, to proclaim the cap liberty to captives and recovery of sight of the blind, to set at liberty of those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So um, here's what the Lord was showing me. He was telling me this. He said, I want you to go after the biggest and meanest demons there are. I want you to go after them. I want you to start complaining. I want you to go after alcohol addiction. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about Christians who are addicted to There's Christians that are addicted to alcohol. They they got drunk. They kept getting drunk. And now they, they're just struggling. They're fighting. They're fighting every day of their life. They're fighting. They're not fighting. God's saying, I want that fight to be done with. I want that fight to be done with people who are hooked on drugs. I want that fight to be hooked, hooked, done with people who are hooked on sexual stuff, pornography, or whatever. I want that to be done. Because I don't need those people... I need them in a ray. I need them to get lined up for the battle. I don't need them struggling. And he said, I want them people free. He said, don't be scared to go after it. You'll go after it. I'll do something. The other night we were seeing chains, big chains that God wanted to get off of people. I'm talking the big ones. They was getting that. And they ain't, I ain't saw, seeing anything. About what the Lord is showing me. And they were seeing the big, oh, that's the big stuff. That's the big bondages. That's the big captive stuff. Big, thick change that people got. And the Lord's saying, no, I'm done. I'm tired of this. It's time to take care of stuff like that. It's time to fix that. You know? And that's what He wants to do. That's why He's saying, I'm calling the church up right now. I'm calling, it's time, your days of, you're being called into active duty. It's not time to be in inactive duty anymore. Because there's a world out there. You think we're bad. There are a lot worse. That's where the really big ones are. You know, really, we've got to go after those things. And I'm going to tell you something. There's no judgment on me this morning if you're one of those people. Trust me, there's no judgment. All you've got is this. God loves you and wants you free. He said, the Spirit of the Lord has come to do that. I want to fix that in people's lives. He's interested in fixing people's lives. 
and making them victorious. And that's what he wants to do. He's hungering to do that. And he's doing it. With or without us, he's going to do it. But he'd rather have us involved in it. Uh, now listen, then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And I think it's interesting. It says he closed the book. I want to tell you all this. I want you to get this. The book's important. You know the book's this. Because the book tells you what you can get away with and what you can't get away with. The book tells you what's legal and what's illegal. The book tells you where you can put, invest yourself and where not to invest yourself. It, it shows you all. That's why we need to have a life in the book. Okay? We need to have a life in the book. We need to know what the book says. We need to do what the book says because it's giving us good information. It's giving us good revelation. But Jesus used it, and if He needed it, if He needed to use the book, you and I need to use the book. So He gave it to us. I want to encourage you to get in the book. Get in the book. Find out what the book's saying. And the book will speak to you. You know, there's stuff in there. I love the book. You know what the Lord told me one time, Byron? And it's not a big deal that you love the Bible. It's what He told me. Because I gave you that love for the Bible. So you can't take any credit for it. That's what he told me. Because I was bragging about how I've read the Bible all the time and loved the Bible and loved this and loved that. He said, you can't take a bit of credit for that. I gave you every bit of that. I have a love for the Word, but I can't take credit for it. All I did is when the door cracked, I went through it. And I'm going to tell you something right now. The door has cracked for everybody in this room when it comes to Scripture. Everybody in this room, every Christian has that, that crack. And all you got to do is go through it. You have to press through it sometimes, I admit. But I tell you, there's a revelation. Man, it is good. I mean, there is, there's some juice flowing right now on the Word. I mean, it's, it's, there's some new stuff coming, man. I mean, I hope you all getting some of that. It's out there. It's out, I'm talking about it's flowing in the room, man. All right, but this is the thing right here. He closed the book in the synagogue, and, and, all, and everybody was fixed. You know, everybody was looking at him. This was a, a Holy Ghost moment. And, and he began to say to them, listen to this, today. Today. This is what that means. In the, in the literal language, it means today. So, you can read this and say, on April the 4th, 2010, this scripture is fulfilled in my hearing. And if you can say that and say the truth of it, then you have everything he said. The Spirit of the Lord will be on you. You're going to get free. But you've got to hear it. You've got to hear him say it. You've got to be able to say, say truthfully, today, I have heard this in heaven. I heard God speak this to me. When you say, when you say that, then all that's yours. Because he said, it's yours. It's fulfilled. It's completed. It's done. Not just then, but now, today. So we can have that today. We can have it right now. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want to pray a simple prayer. I want to pray this for, for, for people who are suffering with alcohol. I want to pray this for people who are suffering with fantasies. Some people get fantasies. Did you know that the Bible tells us that we have control of what we think of? Literally, the Bible tells us you can control what you think. For years, I didn't believe that until I read it in the Bible one day and looked it up. Oh, my gosh. You know what that sound mind is? Not, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. 
is a mind that can control its borders. God has given you a mind that can control your borders. That you can say, that does not belong there. You know what I do now? A thought comes to me, I know it's not God. I've learned this. This is great. This works really good for me. I take that thought and I put it in a brown box and I strings around it. Then I take it downstairs to the incinerator. And I disincinerate it. And I turn up the gas on the incinerator a little bit and get it good and hot. And I throw that little box into that incinerator and watch it evaporate. Then I go back to sleep. You know? It works. And why does it work? Because the Bi- I heard God say to me, I heard Him say to me, Byron, you can control the thought that comes in your mind. You can have the mind to do it. You have control of what comes in there and what stays in there. And that changed me. Because I suffer with all kinds of bad thoughts, like we all do, until I learned that. And then I realized, oh, I can deal with this. So I want to pray that, Lord, for people who have alcohol addictions, drug addictions, sexual fantasies, any kind of addictions, whatever your thing is, whatever that little girl talked about. She had a fear of feet last week. Remember that? Scared of feet, man. Man, how can anybody be scared of foot? But she was scared of feet. And then her friend jumped on her with her feet after she got free. Wasn't that cool? That's <laughs> what she said. I love that. But man, that girl's got it. Something called OBD or something like that, obsessive disorder. OC, obsessive compulsion disorder. That's a new name for being messed up. <laughs> but I'm telling you, God set her free of being afraid of feet. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but if you were afraid of them, it made a lot of sense. Whatever your OCD is this morning, okay, God is saying, if you can hear it, you can be free. I want to just pray it. Father, right now in Jesus' name, you said you came to set captives free. You came to open blind eyes. You came to heal people. That's what you're doing in the earth right now. Lord, I testify to these people today. I've seen it. I've heard it. I see you calling the body of Christ into battle array. You want a healed family. You want a healed army. I pray you'd release that anointing right now in people's hearts. I pray you'd, you'd break those chains in their minds. I pray for every bondage. I pray against every stronghold, every lie from hell, every addiction, alcohol, sexual addiction, food addiction, uh, personality disorders, all those things. Lord, I come against them right now in your glorious name, Lord, and say they must come down in Jesus' name. They must come down. They must be defeated. Because, Lord, you said, take my colors into the enemy's camp. Take my resurrection power into those places. Take it into those hearts. Take it into those minds. Take it into those countries. Take it into those cities. Take it into those homes. And Lord, we release it now, right now, in Jesus' name. Lord, just set people free. No condemnation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.